Hold on a second, Doug. Mercedes is trying to talk to me. What'd you say? Okay. Looks like I get to go to Applebee's when we're done with this. Sure. <laughs> so, yeah, glad to see that life is turning out well for you. And what happened a few years back that turned your world upside down? Okay, so, I mean, all throughout school, since I was younger, like around earlier in life, I um, started um, smoking weed. Um, now I actually have my med card for it and everything. So I use it for actual, to help me sleep, to gain an appetite and all of that, maybe calm down my day. I don't partake like I used to. I used to, I used to do that a lot. I, I used to do a lot of bad things for a good amount of time for like five years, man. Throughout high school I was, um, and then graduated at 18. At 18, I got my first charge with the police, and it was for um, assault on a police officer and resisting an obstruction. Um, I didn't assault a police officer. I was watching an investigation. Um, the cop didn't like that I was watching the investigation. So um, I was just standing there, and then I stepped on the sidewalk, and that's technically there's jurisdiction now on the sidewalk and not the grass. And then um, he stepped, he told me to go inside and I said, I'm just going to sit here and watch your investigation. And then he stepped on my shoe and tried chest bumping me to knock me back. And um, I was like, are you serious? That's, that's like against the law. I'm going to go call the cop on you now. And then as I'm turning around, he starts handcuffing me and then says, stop resisting arrest. I said, you never placed me under arrest. So then he kicks my knee in to where my knees are on the ground. And then he handcuffs my other arm and lays me on my stomach. And meanwhile, I'm not fighting him back. I'm literally saying, what are you doing? Like the most I'm doing is moving my head so I can like talk directly to him. And um, he said, you're resisting arrest, you're resisting arrest. And then they started macing me. Then I was getting maced. I was being stomped on. And then they picked me up and said get in the effing car and i'm like i can't see you've literally maced me this whole entire time so then i'm kicking my feet and then i start kicking his car so i'm i'm making my way to the back and then um no actually i'm he starts walking me to the car i said this is messed up this is police brutality he punched me in the face kicked my feet out and slammed me on the curb my head bounced off the curb. Luckily, I wasn't bleeding or anything. The worst that was done was uh, I had chemical burns on my um, underneath my eyelashes from being maced for so long. And a lot of people tell me that it's my fault. Like, yes, I should have probably went inside, but I do have the right to watch an ongoing investigation. Like, that's that's one of my rights as a as a human in America. You know, so. I guess I should have just listened to him, but I didn't. So, yes, there I should have just listened to the police because they are the police. But I wasn't, and I was doing what I thought was okay, and it turned out not to be. So now I'm labeled with this for um, for a couple more years, and then I'm going to go dispute it and get it taken off my record. And then that's that's part of what I'm doing now is trying to be 
everything to get that off my record so I don't have that on me anymore and that I can just not have that holding me back in any position in life because renting this apartment that I'm in now, they charge me double um, the deposit than any, than a normal person without a felony. So I had to pay $1,000 instead of $500. And I, that's the price you pay when you get it, I, I guess. Yeah, I, I hope that it gets off your record eventually because, you know, I believe in second chances for anybody, you know, that's paid yes. price already. I did. I um ended up doing three months in KPEP. It's um like a rehabilitation center. I kept, I was still smoking weed at the time. I didn't have the same mindset that I did now. And, um, I eventually had to quit when I went to, when I went to the rehab, got cleaned up, did some of the classes, got kicked out of the, of the rehab. And then they sent me to jail and then, um, over something that they didn't have any evidence over. But then I went to jail for three months. So I did six months in something of jail and got out. Moved out to Colorado January. I got out in November around Christmas. So this is like my third year not going to jail, not having any interaction with police officers. Um, but I got out of jail about uh, almost around the same time that we're right now. And then I waited till January, moved out to Colorado January 8th, started my the new life of working and honest life um, January 8th of 2018, I believe, 19, I think it was 18. Yeah, 2018. And then I've been constantly grinding and finding the more legitimate way to make a living and provide for my son and fix my life to where I'm not having to be looking over my shoulder, be scared of anything anymore. Yeah. The way I look at it, everybody, if they've, if they've paid a significant price, there comes a point, you know, where they've been punished enough and they deserve to move on without it being on their record. Mm -hmm. You know, except for certain cases like murder or sexual assault or stuff, you know, you have to be careful about that. But if it's a minor offense, like the stuff you mentioned, there comes a point, you know, where, where you've been punished enough and you deserve a second chance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. My world turned upside down a few years back when my parents divorced. Like, that was one of the things that made my senior year so tough. You know, 2016 was unquestionably the worst year I ever had in my life. No other way to put it. Yeah. 2016 was really, really rough for me, too. Yeah, that was very rough. And that was partly why I didn't really enjoy my graduation that much, not just because of what my senior year turned out, but also because of my divorce, you know? Yeah. And it was really unfortunate because although I knew that, you know, my parents, you know, had separated, you know, they you know, they, they didn't announce it to me until later in the year around graduation. Yeah, that's rough. That is really rough. Yeah, but I wasn't surprised. And honestly, 
it even though it was rough it was one of the, probably one of the best things to happen cuz that was when my life started to turn around was around that time and so i believe in the idea that things happen for a reason it may yeah. be, it may be hurtful in the moment but in the long term you're better off you know and yeah. the good news is my parents did the best they could you know to make the transition easier mhm and considering what's going on in the world with you know covid and the fact that a lot of students don't get to go to school and interact with each other as much as they used to i probably got an easier deal compared to them yeah that is really rough um them having to stay at home and not really having the teachers interaction to teach them i mean yeah you get to watch them on a screen but that's not the same thing at all i don't feel yeah and it puts you at a disadvantage cuz you could misinterpret what they say and they're not there to help you yeah you know they're just there to tell you the information via zoom mhm yeah and one of the one, a couple good things that happened to me in 16 was my trips to colorado and during one of the trips i saw some of my former schoolmates there i went but that was awesome it was i was happy to see most of them although some of them had kind of moved on and so you know they weren't interested in seeing me again but i was happy to see them you know yeah it was pretty cool and i think i posted about it not too long ago some of the photos i got from that event it was a lot of fun yeah i always love going visiting because um as you know i'm from a different a lot of different places so going to the different um states and then cities and then getting to interact with all the people that have like touched you in life and made you partially who you are if you didn't if you didn't meet them how would you know that you would turn out this way and like i'm i'm very grateful for all the things that happened good and bad in my life because it helped build and mold who i am as a being today I'm the same way. The bad stuff was bad, but I'm actually grateful for it cuz in a way mm -hmm. it kind of helped me. Now I'm being asked makes you stronger. It makes me stronger and I've been asked recently by a couple public figures to give a couple speeches at some events for charity down the road and I'm and so my story is impacting a lot of people. Yes it is. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm really looking forward to doing more events and I'm actually thinking about sometime in the future starting a company that might let me travel across the country to give speeches like that. Travel travel across the world like and the you world, can do that. Sure. I have faith in that. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I'm hoping to use my potential to motivate others to achieve their goals. and you know helping people that are going through similar struggles that i am that i did yeah it honestly sometimes it's best to hear from a stranger about the the things that you're going through than it is to talk to somebody that's like your good friend or things of that sort you know because it really gives you a different outlook that it's like wow 
I'm really not the only person going through this. Yeah. There were some people at my school that actually went through similar struggles like I did as well. Like, I'm not the only one, and I realized that. Uh, there was this girl in my high school period. I'm, I'm not going to mention her name, you know, for privacy purposes, mm -hmm. but I'm just going to address her as the blonde. Be but, you know, she was a schoolmate of mine at my high school, and she actually was kind of a laughing stock with the people that I went to school with because she, although I had behavior problems, she kind of took behavior problems to a whole new level to the point that it resembled something out of a teen film. Oh. <laughs> and she actually has made a great future for herself. She's now a blogger since high school ended. And she blogs awesome. about depression and a few other things. And her blog actually impacted Damien. Remember Damien? Yeah. She impacted Damien, who saw her blog on her, on her website. And Damien went through a rough spot as well. And he read her blog without realizing that I went to school with her. And it, <laughs> she, she, in a way, helped him overcome his issues as well. That's awesome. Yeah, so nobody is alone, you know. One change that I definitely think needs to be made, and I'm hoping to address this in future speeches, high school is, statistically speaking, pretty much one of the periods in your life where so much people go through depression. Yeah, you're, you're going through great changes in your body in, in that time as well, you know. And then you have the whole entire thought process of at the end of high school, what comes next? What am I going to do? There's a lot of stress when it comes to high school because you have to, you have to, it's like a sink or swim. You either, you either sink to not really figuring out or doing with what you want to do, or you start striving for above, or you're just sitting there floating in the middle, like not knowing what you're going to do. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's just, you know, I, I really think that what needs to happen is I really think that if we want to improve the world, high schools need to start offering mental health courses. That's what yeah. I think needs to happen, you know. And one of the things that I didn't like about my high school was that they didn't seem to care that I was not in a good place. The only concern that they seemed to have was whether I was following the rules, even with the trials I faced, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I, I really think that if we want to improve the world, high schools need to start offering a mental health course. And I think it should be one of the courses that you need to take in order to graduate because you, you're going to encounter people that are going through struggles and you need to not only help yourself with your health, but you need to help other people. Like yeah. there are times, you know, where people might message you saying, you know, I'm thinking about ending my life, you know, and, and you never know if all you need to do to help them is give them kind words, you know? Yeah. Like, I really think that high schools need to make mental health. There needs to be courses for it. And you need to be taught on what to do if people come up to you saying, you know, that they're thinking about ending your life. Yeah, there's been, um, if, if that, there was that um, thing on the news, I don't know if it was this year or a couple years back about 
this girl actually talking with her boyfriend and he's he um started like a generator in his car and he he killed himself by carbon monoxide poisoning and if they would have been teaching that in school like they wouldn't be going about it the same way as they were going about it like she was telling him basically he was telling her i have i'm depressed all this other things and um she and like he doesn't want to live and she's basically telling him to do it you know like if we were being taught how to actually react in that and how it would impact the world like you're saying then we'd be able to stop things like that we won't see that much of those bad things happening because everybody will have an understanding of what's going on in somebody else's head yeah and and the thing is, if, if someone tells you, you know, that, that, that you're thinking that they're thinking about ending their life, and if you, mm -hmm. if you see it, but don't respond, and then they commit suicide, you know, you might have a percentage of fault in it, even if you yeah. didn't actually, you know, kill them. Yeah, you, you could have done something to prevent that. Yeah, and that's another thing I must address. Like, when I was in a rough spot a few years back, I messaged certain people in my family and even a couple people that I went to school with in Estes, although I won't reveal which ones, but you know, I messaged them, you know, asking them if they, if they're, if they could give me advice, you know, about dealing mm -hmm. with certain struggles. And that was the year that Facebook came out, you know, with the part of the application that let you see if they saw your message, you know, like they would tell you if they saw it. And, even yeah. though they did see it, they never responded. And I don't know if it was because they moved on or if they just didn't have a, have any words for me. But in any case, you know, that shows that, you know, that there's not enough knowledge on mental health. And that's why high yeah. school needs to start offering courses for it. Yeah. I mean, when they try to offer it in college and stuff like that, yeah, it's there. But not a lot of people are going to do that. Yeah, because college, you have options. In high mm -hmm. school, you don't have an option. And yeah. I think that a mental health course needs to be one of those classes where it's not an option. You have to do it. Yeah, a required course. Yeah. And I definitely think that you need to actually take tests for it as well that are not only... And, you know, the thing is, it's sometimes easy to cheat when you're not being watched, you know? Yeah. I think that yeah. if anybody's taking a test for mental health, there needs to be a proctor or someone monitoring you. That's what I believe to make sure you get it right. And yeah. I really think if, if they do that, if they start pursuing that, we could save a lot of lives. A lot of lives because high school, there's very great moments that happen in high school, but there are really bad moments that happen in high school too.